Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast episode of uh, NaturallyHealingAutism.com. And this is Karen Thomas, your host. And once again, today, we have a very, very special guest with us. And I'm very excited about this one. I get contacted by a lot of parents whose children on the autism spectrum have a lot of cavities and problems with their teeth. And so I have with us uh, Dr. Michael LaPelt, and he not only specialized in dentistry, but I'm going to give you a brief bio on him because um, he is quite eclectic. <laughs> uh, it's not what you normally see with most dentists, even a regular bio dentist. Um, but Dr. LaPelt had first in 1975 become a dentist, a traditional one. And then in 89, he went to Bastyr University of Naturopathic Medicine to begin his quest to become a naturopathic doctor, yet uh, went on to get his postgraduate degree in dentistry, again in 1992 from UCLA, and then got his acupuncture license, a master's in oriental medicine, and um, received his naturopathic doctor degree from Bastyr in 2000. And so what I'd like to do is um, I had my, some personal success with Dr. LaPelt, and I drove four hours to see him. Uh, and I would like to ask him some questions, have him go through some of the reasons why these comorbid ex symptoms might exist in children on the autism spectrum and what we can do about it. So welcome, Dr. LaPelt. Hey, it's good to be here. Hi. Hi. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your, you giving us your time. So most of our parents uh, listening are parents of children on the autism spectrum. And we often see that uh, these kids will have problems even before the age of two. They're having multiple teeth, having to be extracted, rotting in their mouth, and, and throughout their life, a lot of problems. So can you, I mean, you can, I know if you want to segue into it by giving us a little bit of your own background at all or other things that, that you've found, but, uh, but, I, but that's where I'd like to kind of go, get into it at least. That's a great question. And um, as you well know, a lot of these, questions really are multifactorial uh, in their origin. And I just kind of want to give a little background in terms of the importance of the mouth, just in general. If you look at uh, ancient uh, medical disciplines like Chinese medicine, they really uh, held the teeth and jaws in high regard and they associated the teeth and jaws with what is called kidney chi. The translation in the West would be the immune system. So should there be a lot of issues in the mouth, it often depresses kidney chi, which depresses the immune system, so you get in this vicious cycle. Kidney chi is also responsible for the brain and the spinal cord. So you see this integration of the mouth with the neurologic systems, and due to its proximity to the brain, it has really immediate impacts. Uh, and if you look at the mouth and the tissues of the mouth, it's really a reflection of what you see internally in the gut. So if you really start looking at the tissues and what's going on, it can give you some insights into the gut and its function. And also it's, it's really uh, a real protective area, as most people know who have experienced dentistry, it's our first breath of life. It's our nourishment, not only for food and drink, but for uh, communication. Uh, it's also a sexual organ. It, it's so many things all wrapped up that it makes it really complex and really delicate. So that being said, just a segue in what has really evolved in the mouth 
it's really been uh, easy access to do a lot of testing. If you look at genomic testing, you take a buccal swab, which is a sample on the inside of the cheek of the mouth. You do salivary testing for a variety of issues like thyroid, like female hormones, like adrenals. And it really is reflective of the free hormone and not the, the hormone bound to protein as you see in the blood. So it's a more real time idea what's really going on. And also the latest research in the mouth is an access point for stem cells. If you look at uh, the wisdom teeth, for example, at an early age, and often around 18, we have our teeth taken out, there's really keen research that's looking at that as the best source for stem cells. And evolved out of that is a company called Save a Tooth, which has a cryotherapy lab, I think it's in Boston, where when you take a wisdom tooth out, if you save that tissue and store it, it may be a source in the future to regrow teeth. They're already doing it in primates. So that's just kind of my aside on the importance of the mouth. And getting back to the more real questions that you started with, a question regarding caries, it's really about the ecology of the mouth. And that really, if you look at the mouth, we, we like to use the term terrain. And it's really about pH, it's about oxidative stress, and it's about what the Germans call resistivity, which is this toxic load in the body. And when those things are out of balance, you create an environment that invites in pathogens. One common is strep mutans, which causes plaque formation and caries and cavities. So it's obvious, we all kind of know low pH, you know, it can dissolve enamel. So that's kind of after, you know, in the early stages up to two years of age, this actually occurs in utero. Uh, if you look at moms and their guts out of balance, and perhaps they're uh, not absorbing or assimilating their foods, the child in utero isn't getting the minerals it needs to harden the enamel. Uh, and back to the early infant, if that infant has compromised gut, which we see in a lot of children on the autism spectrum, they're not getting the raw materials that they need really to harden the enamel. And baby teeth, you know, you start losing those at age six, it's thinner enamel, it's softer, it's more susceptible to decay. So that's kind of an overview. So that begs the question, okay, so this is going on, what do you do about it? Well, from my perspective, biologically, you look at the mouth and you do corrections in the pH, you correct the oxidative stress, and you look at toxins in the mouth or the oral cavity. And I know some of your questioning down the road may involve materials that we use in dentistry, like metals. Um, and if you think of the metallurgy in dentistry, it's vast. Uh, it's a competitive market, it's expensive, there's a lot of research. Today, a lot of companies are saying that all their materials are biocompatible. That doesn't mean anything, it's not individual. Each child, as you know, needs to have certain materials that their body can accept, and there are certain ways we can test that. So. Uh, that's kind of my overview in terms of caries. Early on regarding breastfeeding, if the mom is breastfeeding to say nine months of age, a lot of research has suggested that that's really optimal to create a real balanced ecology in the mouth. Uh, if you 
if women breastfeed on demand and not on schedule, uh, for some that could create problems because there's residual breast milk on the teeth, which is viscous, it invites in plaque, strep mutants, lower acidity, and caries. Uh, and a lot of children uh, have difficulty with their home care. So I think we need to be more arduous in terms of what really works for the child and make sure that we're doing that and really helping them along the way in terms of keeping their own ecology balance. So okay. if, uh, if a person has a, so if you have a child on the autism spectrum or, or, or even a child in general with really, really poor teeth, and of course, mom's gut may have been, um, been uh, imbalanced in utero, the child was born with gut imbalances, uh, they have poor methylation, poor detoxification, and uh, maybe even the mom had mercury amalgam fillings or things like that where other toxins um, and vaccinations after birth, what can be what can be done now it's like okay we've got we've got the 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 overall general causes and, and and ideas of what can come in so what's the best thing that that people could do now to uh prevent more problems and and how to treat them naturally because that's a lot that's a really big issue that people are dealing with okay how do i deal sure. with this sure so uh, again it's it's individual and what i like to do if you have a situation in which the dentistry is elective, you can set up a sequencing that sets priorities of where you choose to be in the mouth to do the corrections. An example of that might be for a child that say there's carries on a, a baby tooth that's fairly deep, we often look at that tooth and the organ associated with that. And if that organ is really suppressed in its function, that's a high priority. So we wanna deal with that and particularly the first experience in dentistry can be life, lifelong lasting. So it's ideal if we can address this early on so the child could get, just do a visit and get comfortable in the environment before we have to do anything. That being said, we set a priority. We, if It's ideal if we could separate our appointments with three-week intervals. The uh, immune system runs on a 21-day cycle, and we want to, whenever you challenge the immune system like doing dentistry, you stimulate it to, to rise to its peak, and then it starts dropping off. So we want to catch it on that next 21-day cycle where it, it's at its zenith. So the second piece of your question is, what exactly do you do? Well, there are many choices in dentistry, all of which are a compromise. Uh, having natural tooth structure is ideal. Very few do. But that being said, before we choose materials, we like to biocompatibility test those material on the individual child. There are several ways to do it. There's a blood draw. There are several companies that do biocompatibility of materials. It's called a lymphocyte fragility test. It tests about 200 dental materials. Advantage of that is you get a computer printout. You can give to your dentist. You can have one for yourself. Disadvantage, you gotta do a blood draw. The other way to test materials is the dentist that you're using, if I have samples of those materials, I can test them in my office on electrodermal screening uh, machine that I got from Germany. You can do O-ring testing. Uh, you can do what's called MELISA testing to look at different metals. So let's say we get that out of the way, we have good healthy choices for the child, then it's a matter of uh, you know interviewing the parents, getting an idea of what's safe, what's the best approach for the child. It has to be done with the parent and the child so that we don't traumatize the child more. 
and we want to really avoid high noises. Uh, we can use lower speeds so you don't have high shrills uh, that can affect some. So noises and try and reduce the external stimuli to make the environment more comfortable. Uh, down to most children, the more severe the cavity in the tooth, uh, the bigger the filling and often they recommend doing a stainless steel crown. Well, if it's tested and it's appropriate, that might be okay. However, in stainless steel, you have chromium, you have nickel, and you have iron. Nickel has been shown to be pretty allergenic for a fair number of people. Hence, doing the MELISA test to really rule out any sensitivity or reactivity to the metal might be really prudent to do before you do that. Uh, so we, again, I wanna get back to the elective dentistry. If we start early, if you notice any brown spots on your child's teeth, get those checked out. And the smaller the cavity, oftentimes you can do it without anesthetic. Uh, it's really quick and easy to do um, because we really want to avoid the more extreme choices uh, if we can, avoiding putting the child to sleep. Of course, for some that may have to be an issue, but we want to keep it real gentle. And I'm wondering too, uh, if you can give any um, more information about where people could find the MELISA test or any of these websites that do this uh, lymphocyte fragility testing or any of that. So resources where people all over the world, anywhere could find these, these things. Yes. So the lymphocyte fragility test is, uh, was started by Clifford Labs in Colorado. And uh, there's an, another lab called BioComp. Uh, so those are two labs that are primarily used, and I think the general cost of that is around $230, um, my cost, and I don't mark up those, those lab fees. So that gives you an idea of that. In terms of um, testing I do in the office, uh, I work with local biological dentists. We test materials that perhaps are going to be used, and that's about $75 to do that. So obviously a lot less expensive, but you have to have the test kit uh, made up by the dentist and tested with the patient being present at the time. Uh, in terms of resources for a dentist who actually know about this stuff and do it, uh, the IAOMT, International Association of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, is a great resource. Uh, they're pretty eclectic. They've done a lot of research to really validate uses of uh, biocompatible materials, medical ozone and dentistry, and a whole variety of uh, studies and research. Uh, American Association of Holistic Dentistry, the International Association of Biological Dentistry, those are the three major organizations where you can, they have a locator, you can find local dentists in your area that are really tuned into doing this. And of course, it's always an interview. You wanna interview the dentist if it feels comfortable, go for it. If it doesn't, there's always another choice. So trust your intuition. I think most of us are trying to do the right thing, but sometimes our energy doesn't connect. And I think it's, it's valid to choose uh, somebody else if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell parents, especially mothers, to use that, that maternal instinct. If something just doesn't feel right to you, then, uh, then, then, you know, hang up and call somebody else and just keep trying. Um, I have a, a meridian, acupuncture meridian relationship between teeth uh, and um, 
and the organs in the system, et cetera, right here in my studio because I do craniosacral work and I know how important the teeth are to the rest of the body. You could have a tooth that lands right, right, one of the molars that happens to directly affect the lymphatic system. Another one might directly affect your spleen. So there, people need to really realize the importance of, of taking care of teeth properly. And um, I will make a note under this podcast uh, at naturallyhealingautism.com. And on that website also, uh, if you go into my blog and you do in the search bar, you type in um, how to find a natural practitioner. I have also those listed as well there, uh, those natural, how to find a bio dentist near you. So those resources will be available in multiple places. That, um, okay, great. Um, and you know, other things like uh, Lyme disease and Candida and and other things like that. I know that they have to be treated as well because a child might then get the teeth taken care of, but if they still have these infections in the system, is important lifelong to take care of the system with all of those those other issues that can be even even parasitic infections. Correct. Yes. And there's an intimate connection with the gut and the mouth. So if the ecology of the mouth is out of balance, more than likely the gut is. So, you know, most things begin and end in the gut uh, and are limited organs. So making sure that those are open and flowing and we really maximize our digestion. And if you think about it, you need the raw materials for repair and sustenance and uh, a lot of the neurotransmitters for brain chemistry are manufactured in the gut. Uh, the immune system uh, in pyrus patches, lining the gut lining, uh, a good amount of our immune system is generated there, the white blood cells. So if you have subtle inflammation that doesn't necessarily cause any discomfort, that can be enough to really shut down immune function. So, you know, there are many factors and the way I like to kind of separate things to uh, individualize it for the patient, I look at each complaint as divided in four major categories. Does it lie in the structural arena? That would include cranial. Does that lie in the biochemical arena or the functional arena, emotional, spiritual, or environmental, which includes toxins from the environment, heavy metals, solvents, etc. And that way for each individual, we can focus on an area and put our attention there and really bring that back to balance and not get overwhelmed with doing everything all at once. Because as practitioners, particularly starting out of medical school, we want to do everything for everybody. And you folks know more than, than I, there are many choices to be made out of there and it can be really overwhelming. So I find that really helpful. Back to your point about you're doing cranial, I think that's really essential to do after a dental appointment because you're really creating the job in asymmetric tensions and that relates back to the cranial mechanism and that can lock up what's called the cranial base and that really tightens the body and that adds to anxiety, tension, and internal stresses of the body. So the body is meant to move on all levels. So if we can soften that and open up those cranial uh, bones and have them move in their range of motion, I think it's tremendously helpful after dentistry. Yeah, absolutely. I tell that to every one of my clients. If you go see the dentist, make sure you come see me afterwards. Those, uh, the trigeminal nerve, the vagal nerve, they can be pinched at the base of the occiput there at the back of your, where you're at, that the backbone in your head reaches the soft tissue of your neck. Uh, right there, there are a couple 
couple areas that really get compressed and if they do then those nerves can affect uh, digestion and definitely anxiety and respiratory issues um, asthmatic uh, people often have those those areas pinched as well so very important and I'd like to touch on um, on root canals because a lot of people will think a root canal is safe and uh, I just want to look at the different options you did some ozone therapy on me once and uh, and I actually some people opt to even have a tooth pulled instead of having a root canal because again back to those meridians whatever tooth that meridian that uh, that tooth lies on can actually then go to a, a different um, system of the body and that root canal can many years later cause a lot of systemic infections and problems for a person. Yeah, that's a great question and, and like a lot of questions there are many layers to it and if you look at the basic level of what a root canal is and the origin of root canal they really were developed in the 40s for aesthetic reasons because People, for example, who had trauma to their front teeth, they'd blacken and darken. Uh, the options weren't very good. I mean, they'd have to take teeth out. Aesthetic bridges weren't uh, really that common and done very well at that time. So a dentist decided, well, if we devitalize the tooth, there won't be pain, and the, the patient could keep that in the mouth. But what you end up with is not a biologic system. You have a dead tooth and a living system. And we did some research on root canal teeth that we extracted. We sent them to University of Kentucky. And Boyd Haley was doing some research. He was a PhD on root canals. And he'd section them. And every root canal tooth came back with a lot of pathogens and a lot of toxicity. Uh, why do some people live with them their whole life? Well, it's all based on the immune system. The stronger your immune system, the more you compensate. However, if you have a secondary stressor, the body puts its priorities someplace else and that root canal then may be a trigger for something else. So what are the choices? So, you know, ideally not having a root canal, but life is about choices. So we want to make the best choice we can. If you do have to have a root canal, there are a couple of better options. One is when you clean out the inside of the tooth is using medical ozone. Why? It's a gas, it doesn't have boundaries. It diffuses into lateral canals and you can kill off virtually most of the bacteria inside the tooth. So that the body, it's not gonna charge the immune system as much. And I tell patients if that's their choice and it lies on a, a, a different, uh, an organ that isn't really challenged in their body, it may be a choice as long as yearly they have that tooth tested and I do it with electrodermal screening to make sure their body's compensated. So that's one choice. The other choice is you have a root canal. There are ways in which you can test it to see if it's toxic for the body. If it is, the associated organ is really struggling, then the options are really to take that tooth out. And if we take the tooth out, we do it in a biologic way where we take the tooth out and, and clean tissue out into healthy bone, about a millimeter, like you would if you were to take a skin cancer off. And we use biological remedies. We inject at the time of surgery. Uh, I take a tissue sample of the diseased bone, make a homeopathic from that. The whole idea is to have that bone fill in in a healthy way so you don't form a cavitation or a chronic infection. Back to your issue in the early stages, let's say you come in to your dentist and he or she says, well, you know, the tooth is abscessed. Um, 
you have the symptoms of an abscessed tooth, it's not clear on the x-ray, if I can see that person early on, I could do what are called biologic injections and laser. And I inject in the soft tissue, apply a laser pad that drives the remedies into the bone that are antimicrobial and bone stimulating remedies, all preservative free that can stimulate reversal of that situation. And it's not for everybody, but it is a valid choice, particularly in the early stages and like anything, it, the outcomes are most optimal if people are generally imbalanced. I mean, nobody's perfect, but uh, it would be more challenging should somebody have a whole lot of other issues about how they're living their daily life. So back to the root canals, basically are a dead tooth and living system. It short circuits the flow of energy along that meridian because of the infection. Uh, if somebody chooses to keep the root canal, I can inject that to offset some of the chronic infection, test it each year to make sure their body's compensating. So that allows options for patients, and I'm not gonna make their choice, so I'm gonna give them options so they can make their own choice. It, can you uh, give the definition of a cavitation real quick? Because some people aren't really uh, aware sure. of those. The cavitation arrived because of uh, uh, x-rays uh, that show a cavity. So when you look at an x-ray, the more dense the material, the lighter it is. So when you see a hollow in the bone, that means that the bone has broken down and it's dissolved, hence a cavity. The, the oral pathology name for it is chronic osteomyelitis. And you don't necessarily have symptoms with it. It's very common in wisdom teeth extraction areas. So let's talk about why they occur. Well, they occur solely because of lack of blood supply. What impedes blood supply? If when the, the, we'll give an example of the wisdom teeth. If they're taken out using a vasoconstrictor in the local anesthetic, that vasoconstrictor is used to limit bleeding at the site, makes it easier on the dentist. However, a lot of times those vessels don't reach their full diameter. It's like a hose squeezed down. So what happens? Less blood supply, less nourishment, the bone doesn't fill in, cavity forms or cavitation, and that's chronic inflammation, chronic infection that impedes the immune system. So the secondary part of that is blood viscosity, and I could go on for a long time around that. When, if you look, and I do testing with Meridian Valley Lab in terms of blood viscosity and flow, it's so common to see viscous blood, and it's a response to a dirty environment. We got a dirty planet, you got dirty people, and the platelets like to really comb the area and get those out of the system so they don't have impacts. What it does is thicken the blood, doesn't allow it to get in these small vessels to teeth or bone, and hence cavitations can form. So I often, when I see a cavitation, some people have had them treated three and four times, no resolution, I get them on natural blood thinners. So what are natural blood thinners? Fish oils? natokinase, lumbrokinase, and depending on the individual, depends on the dosing, and we do it based on feedback. If they're bruising easier, we cut back on their dosage. But we thin the blood, we go back in and we clean them out, uh, and I usually do it with injections and laser. Uh, when they're more aggressive, you have to go in surgically and clean them out. So that's, that's a cavitation that have a huge impact on the body. Mm -hmm. And um, I, 
I actually uh, have a program where I teach parents of children with autism how to basically recover the symptoms of those. And it's based on what I use to recover my own son from his symptoms. And it, it ultimately is three, three stages in a nutshell are healing the gut, which includes the whole candida issue, healing the gut, heavy metal detoxification, and naturally and effectively, and then also brain support and repair. And I've developed a program called Autism Moms Mentor. It's autismmomsmentor.com for those who want to check it out. And it's an entire step-by-step -step program where I, with videos, audio text, I walk you through the exact process. My book, Naturally Healing Autism, also has a, 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 some great information for you. And then my website, naturallyhealingautism.com, also has uh, some information there for you as well. So those are really important areas to help find out how you can heal up your, your child's, uh, your, their, their immune system, strengthen it, heal those gut issues up, because as Dr. LaPelt had mentioned, uh, the neurotransmitters, many of them for the brain, are made in the gut, so their brain is not getting what it needs. And then when the gut is leaky, meaning it has holes in it, those undigested foods and other toxins are getting into the bloodstream, which make their way to the brain. So there are so many things uh, there, and these children are, are usually born or and definitely have a, a weakened immune system, so you want to do everything you can to to heal their system up and then prevent anything uh, in the future. Uh, Dr. LaPelt's website is stillpointhealthcare.com, and I'll also link to that on the page. And Dr. LaPelt, do you have anything else that you'd like to add uh, before we go? Yeah, I think that you made a really a good point in terms of uh, toxins, heavy metals, candida, and parasites. They're all wrapped up in the same bundle because when you have a heavy metal body burden, the body in its wisdom does everything to kind of shunt that out of the physiologic systems. And it does that by creating candida. Yeast actually form clusters around heavy metals. So the impact of the heavy metals are far lessened on the body. So the body's doing the right thing, but we have another issue. We have candida. The same thing with parasites. So we have to really look at the major obstacles to cure from our environment, heavy metals are one, aluminum, cadmium, mercury, and lead, so common, solvents in the environment, and really safely start to remove those, open up the emunctories or the, the organs of elimination in the child, that allows his, his immune system to kind of rebuild and repair when we heal the gut. So, you know, you're right on, everything is connected, and I think going in a modular way, in a systematic way, to really focus on the priority for that individual child will really speed up the process. Right, and hopefully prevent any, you know, further problems in the future or more problems that could be prevented. So, okay. Um, well, thank you very, very much for, for joining us again today. I really appreciate you spending your time with us, and it's great to see you, and I'm glad you're doing well. And, um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep you informed, and I'll let you know when this goes out so that you know uh, you can listen to it. Great, Karen. Thanks for your good work. <laughs>